welcome, welcome to, to the winning hour. hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> when was the last time we did this? It's it's been too long. Too long. I'm embarrassed to say, say April maybe. Is that our last yes, episode? Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh. Anyway, uh, well, I'm Shade and I'm Kim and we are widowed and we're so happy to be back. We are happy to be back. <laughs> I am mostly happy that Shade's schedule is finally a little bit more sensible. I know, a little more human. A, a little more human. <laughs> I think she was, um, um, you were operating on unlimited sources of energy just to do everything that you've been doing in the I past know, six, know. seven months. Yeah, it's been a crazy time, but I will say, I, so I, I think, and I was talking to a colleague about this, the, the idea of um, feeling the need to do everything. Yes. I think it comes in that territory of being widowed and grief. And you're like, if I don't do it, no one else would do it. Exactly. But at the same time, if I do it all, then... There's nothing left in the tank for yes, me. Yes. And so... Um, who we just saying like embracing that power of yes. taking a step back, taking a pause from some things yes. so that you can at least do the other things, you know, in um, a somewhat human fashion. I, um, I, and I, I think it's something, I don't know about you, but I think it's something I'll always struggle with, like the For need sure. to do everything and then, somehow you get to the point where it's like, wait, wait a minute, I can't do all of this. Oh, and it's okay to say, hey, can we stop this for a minute? Yes. Right? And yes. then when things ease up, revisit. And, you, and I imagine you realized the toll that it was taking on you. Because yes. since um, your your commitments are pretty much wrapping up, and it's back to <clears throat> just your normal work routine, um, you're seeing just how much exhaustion you're dealing with, how yeah. the mental exhaustion, how your gas tank has been empty. Yes, running on fumes for the mm -hmm. last eight months. So I will say, um, you know, every time that conversation would come up with friends, people would be like, how are you doing this? And I'm like, I can't even, like, I can't even think about how I'm doing it because if I, if I look closely enough, yeah. I see how ridiculous it is. And then I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's almost like part of the ability to power through a lot of things is just powering through and not you know but then there's a there's a there's a point where you're like okay i'm i'm at capacity and yes. i have to decide do i want to stay alive <laughs> or do i want to fall flat so. on my face <laughs> oh my goodness so i'm curious because i i know that and i've been saying this this whole time to you is that you're burning the candle at 20 different ends mm -hmm. and, and you had a lot going on and yet you still managed to do everything that you did. Mm -hmm. And here you sit. Yeah. And I'm just curious what big takeaway do you have to share from 
that intensity for eight months? So I will say, hmm. So there are several takeaways. So one, in all of that exhaustion and pushing myself through, like being pulled at million different ends, I still allowed the space for fun things. Good. And so sometimes being able to do those fun things still meant burning candles at other ends, right? But it's like, oh, you know, I really love music and I'm going to finish work. I'm going to be up late and I have to be up early in the morning. But the ability to be able to go do something fun in the midst of it, even though it's not like 100% relaxing, was definitely um, a break for my mind. So that was one thing. Um, another thing is um, if you don't get everything done, <laughs> the world will not end. <laughs> and there are some things that just, you know, some things that just get left to the wayside and, you know, and, and I, I, I share this with people all the time, like, well, if you don't get it all done, the world will not end. And if the world does end, it then it's not going to matter, right? Well, and, and so... And I would say the world ended when we all well, yeah, lost our person right. and nothing will nothing ever else, be that um, bad no, again. No, And I think maybe that's part of the superpower we carry is that... That's a great way to put that. I, I really, can... Yeah get through pretty much anything because I've already been through like the worst possible thing yeah. that can happen to me. Um, but then sometimes we take that, <laughs> we mm. kick it up a notch and it's a bit much, right? Like yes. that. And I think that's kind of where I um, found myself. And so, so, you know, it's like, it was work, it was school, it was um, towards the end. I had to move and, Ugh. I'm and <laughs> everything was was a... going on oh my goodness shut it i know there was a um conversation i had with someone and i said you know i feel like i'm at mile 23 of a marathon okay and the three miles left feels like 25 miles that's a good way to put it you know although i've never I run like, a marathon <laughs> i can't I imagine one it was horrible but <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's like somehow you know you have it in you to finish but also it seems like so far away and just literally keeps... all you can do is one breath one step one step at a time like you can't do 10 million things at once right so and we tend um, to do that just as human beings we tend we tend to think you know so far off in the future it feels overwhelming it feels daunting and, and by design, I think that's why it feels that way. And how many times have we heard in our lives? One step at a time, one, one day at a time. One item at a time. And so, yeah, you know, I could see the end and, and maybe like knowing that there was like an end that I could visually um, capture in my mind gave me like, okay, all of this craziness is here, but by this date, things will settle down. And so that that was really helpful. Um, are things as quiet as I would like them? Probably not. But, you know, when I look back, and I was talking to you before this, like when I look back at what August to January was, <laughs> 
you know, looking back, you're like, wow, I must be really <sighs> crazy. <laughs> You know, oh my gosh! How and many times yes. we say that to yeah. ourselves. Yeah. So, um, so takeaway: like, the world will not end if you don't finish it all. Right. And and I think for a lot of us, especially with that kind of loss, we think like, I have to get all of this done. Yeah. And I, you know, I I think somehow maybe it's it's a little bit of a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a um, distraction mechanism. Like, True. If I'm doing, 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 and I'm not taking the space to <laughs> take in, you know, all nice. the other things. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I, I would say we're probably more, um, we probably have more perseverance than we thought we ever would have in our lives. I think about the before and after, and I know I'm much more um, diligent and I'm going to do this. This is not the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I can do this. And I do hear that internal voice through, you know, going throughout um, the day. And then there are times when I say enough, it's time to step back on certain things and take care of me because I'm taking care of everything. You know, I have that added responsibility of, you know, the house and the yard and, you know, the bills and all of that. And I think part of that is taxing on, is. on a person. And you, you added a whole bunch more on top of it. I know. And now, and now you're through the tunnel and you have some more time back to yourself. And I hope you're prioritizing self-care. A little bit. A little yes. bit. Yeah. I, self-care is, it's always a tough one because, um, it's a fine balance between I'm taking time to look after myself and then I'm obligated to look after myself, which then becomes a stressor. So, you know, like, um, an example, I was like, Oh, self-care, a massage every month would be awesome. Then you sign up for the massage. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then four months later you have four massages. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're stressed out because you have to use up all your massages. And then it's like, okay, self-care is becoming a stress. It kind of defeats the purpose. Exactly. So I always, you know, it's like, okay, yes, self-care. And at the same time, managing so that it doesn't become another chore, right? Like um, sometimes self-care for me is acknowledging that I, I don't have any, I don't have it in me to do anything, but sit, you know, like right. watching a mindless TV is guilt free. Yes. Is self care. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It yeah. sure is. Yeah. Or even something as simple as, all right, my day is so full. I can't even imagine pampering myself or doing anything. Right. Um, like, maybe I can take some deep breaths, right? Like, yeah. and that, you know, to acknowledge that that in some instances is enough. And yes. so um, for me, a lot of um, the self-care talk for myself is reframing what self-care really is. Because mm-hmm. if I think about it in terms of, oh, you need to go to the spa, or you need to go to a massage, and I'm like, when's right. the time to go do that? And then right. I feel guilty about not doing it. And then it's, you know, again, that, that cycle of 
oh, I want to take care of myself and I'm stressing myself to take care of myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah. That's so, a tough balance. Mm. And I totally understand what you're saying with that. And it kind of ties into a conversation we had not too long ago mm-hmm. about commitments, about making plans. And never in my life, Sade, did I ever struggle with following through on plans. When I make a plan with somebody, yeah. I follow through. Mm-hmm. That's just how I was raised. It's who I am. Mm-hmm. And then Scott died. And a lot of that, I don't know, caused a lot of anxiety for me mm-hmm. after he died. I would say yes to a, an invitation. I would make a plan to do something. And as that time approached, I felt my anxiety going higher, which I never have experienced in my life. Mm-hmm. And I will say that's one of my biggest struggles since being widowed is um, I want to do, you know, the fun things, the social things. I'm an extroverted person. This is how I recharge my batteries Mm -hmm. is being around others and doing things and looking forward to things. And yet at the same time, it now comes with a piece of anxiety and I'm not, and it's, it's something that I'm still struggling with almost six years later. And so what, what, can we learn from this and how can we make adjustments to have those things to look forward to again and to, you know, kind of do away with that anxiety that comes with it. Yeah. I, I think it's a process. So, um, and I, I think I might've shared it in the, um, in maybe in one of these episodes, um, before, um, one of the things that my, um, therapist when I was in therapy every week mm-hmm. um, you know I I had shared with my therapist that you know this was in the early days it was so so crushing to go home like if I'd gone away on a trip and I came back you know like somewhere in your brain you're still thinking oh I'm gonna go home and share you know, you open the door and there's no one there and it's this soul-crushing, like, feeling of, oh, oh, yeah, I remember. (laughs) Like, you know, a new reality. And so um, one of the things that she told me was, you know, creating these little um, things to look forward to. You know, sometimes it's like when you come back home, maybe plan to go out to dinner with the kids or plan to go do some music. And so part of my um, rebuilding centered around having those things in place. And then also I had the, um, like what you're talking about, the anxiety of saying yes. Mm -hmm. And then as the thing drew closer, second guessing myself about yeah. do I want to go do I not with it and um I I think it's it's it, it still goes back to that balance of giving yourself permission to say no yeah but also walking yourself through what's the worst case scenario if I go to this and if I go and I don't like it I can leave right so um it's kind of like um so for me like bringing bringing up my kids like telling them not to do something or telling them to do something and walking them through what the consequences would be 
we can walk ourselves through, okay, I'm feeling anxious about doing this thing. Why am I feeling anxious? Yeah. What what will happen if I get there and I absolutely hate it? Well, I, I'm the boss of me. I can absolutely turn around <laughs> and leave. But what would happen if I went there and I actually liked it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so sometimes we don't l- allow ourselves to go down that path of, okay, I'm feeling anxious. What's that about? Yeah. And then when I have the answer, well, what's the solution? Like, you know, could I go to this thing and I absolutely hate it? Yes. Well, if that happens, what do I do? Could I go to this thing and absolutely love it? Then it would be awesome, right? I'm so glad so I went. Ourselves I know. The choice. And um, I think many times when our anxiety kicks in, we let that take over mm-hmm. and we don't go beyond, well, What's where is word? this thing coming from? Yeah. And you know, and 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 it. I say that with, we will not always go down. Sometimes sure. you're like you're gonna feel that anxiety and like nope, I'm not going. But maybe one or two times we could dig deeper with curiosity and be like, well, what would happen if I actually went? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, if if I went and I felt like oh no, I can't do this, I can turn back. Right. Yeah. And so, giving ourselves those options might be, um, and sometimes that's that's what's helped me. Um, Good. I've gone to concerts by myself, and many times for me, the financial <laughs> commitment. Oh, no, <laughs> I was like, okay, I've paid for this. I don't know what it's gonna be like, but I'm not throwing my money away, so I'm gonna go. And that's you know, a, and so that's a good catch-all. Yeah. I guess, in yeah. Those cases. Yeah. Um, Um, and I applaud you going to concerts by yourself something I've never done Um, I mean I've gone to movies by myself I've gone to restaurants by myself Mm -hmm. but I've never done a concert or a play or anything like that by myself and And it was a process too I bet that was yeah because I remember um, after Le Condride we had tickets to four things I didn't go to any of them okay and just I was just like, there's no, Don't like, care. how am I ever going to do that? And then one day there was someone coming to town who both of us loved um, so much. Chris Boti, I don't know if you've heard I've of him. I've heard of him, yes. Trumpet player. It was in December. The kids hadn't come back. I think they were in um, college. They hadn't come back. Oh, gosh. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going. So I bought a ticket. <laughs> Wow, that was a big step. <laughs> and big step. um and all those things you were saying, like the the anxiety of ooh, you know, what if I sit next to a creepy person or <laughs> you know, like what is this going to be like? And you know, this was a place that my husband and I had been a few times and so there was that this was my first time going back there by myself oh gosh um and so and and i maybe um in hindsight i thought well if i go there and i absolutely can't take it then i would leave right i went there i sat with the nicest couple we talked you know they had followed this person um musically for you know we had the most amazing conversation they bought my drink, you know, very cheap drink. 
<laughs> but um, that experience let me um, go to other concerts by myself, right? And it was just that, you know, when you think about, like, even without grief, right? Like, when we think about the anniversaries and all of these yeah. things, sometimes the anticipation of the unknown is oh, yeah. scarier than actually. And so, you know, now I, you know, and it, it turns out I went to a few concerts on my own and then I met people who like the same things as I do. And now I'll go to, con you know, like now people will call and say, hey, <laughs> this person is sound, you know. So it's it's an evolution. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that was um, a big step you took, though. It was. It sure was. It was. I mean, yeah. and, and knowing that you were going back to a venue where you and Lacan had been to see an artist that you both loved. Yep. Those are some huge, huge steps. Huge. Yes. And to anyone who doesn't understand what this is like, um, I mean, that is that's a lot. Yes. It's a lot. Yes. Um, but and it could have gone you. sideways, right? It, like, could, it could have, have been like a total, um, I can say, shit show, right? Mm -hmm. But it 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 wasn't, Good. and yeah. But you gave yourself an exit strategy, yes, yes, and that's probably the biggest way that you could probably alleviate some of that anxiety. Is okay. What would my what would my exit strategy be if I need to go home, right? Because here I am coming up on six years. I'm not given that grace that I was like the first year of widowhood, mm. you know, strange behavior. I'm sure my friends probably just chalked it up to, yeah. well, you know, she's adjusting mm. to her new life. You don't get that same grace when mm. you're several years into this journey, but yeah. yet in many ways, we're still in the same, in we're the kind same of in the group. same headspace sometimes. And so, so here's the thing. Um, that I learned, and I, you know, I can't even remember where I heard it, but I think for a lot of us, maybe it's society, maybe it's a combination of a bunch of things. We are harder on ourselves about our losses than we need to be. Whether it's pressures from society, again, all of those things that lead us to believe that after a certain amount of time, certain things shouldn't bother us anymore. Right. But the reality is our grief is embedded in our body. It, it doesn't is. go away. And it's right. It's and it part can of our get DNA activated. Now. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, so when you, when you, maybe it was, I read it somewhere, but, whether you're processing now, you know, and, and I think the idea of processing your grief is a lifelong thing, mm -hmm. right? Certain things will get activated different times, right? Um, so I, I can't imagine, I mean, my kids, they're not even close to, I don't even think they're dating. So like, but you know, like different periods of time, like maybe they get married, that's going to be, a, gonna an, be an activation of grief that will, because their dad's missing this. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and and I think until you're walking through it, you don't, people don't 
conceptualize that it's a lifelong mm-hmm. journey, right? Mm-hmm. Like intellectually, we can say, oh yeah, grief is forever. But the way it manifests for us is different, right? I think... And we all... Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I think we get better at recognizing the triggers mm-hmm. and and being able to um, allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling. And I, I just think we get better at it. But, I mean, that pain is always there. Yeah, and it's cyclical, right? We can, we can, ma- we can manage something well for a while and then regress to day one and then you know it's like it's it's that scribble across the paper it's not a linear thing right Right. and so um and then we give ourselves a hard time that we go back to day one yes right when you know that really is part of the process it's exhausting (laughs) it's exhausting sometimes i know (laughs) i know you're you're right but i um i think i don't know it's a lifelong process i think that the more people who haven't experienced this understand you know and learn about what grief is like and you know like so many people have so many different ways that they're you know we we all have different ways that our person is some super traumatic some long drawn out um and there's no one way to grieve right there's no timeline for grief there's no you know it's it's all um it's all a mishmash and i think like maybe for me like the hardest thing is the hardest thing and the easiest thing the easiest thing is being able to talk to other people who have walked this journey. Yeah. The hardest thing is navigating people who don't get it at all. Boy, you can say that yeah. again. And so... Oh, that's a, um, hitting the nail on the head right there. <laughs> and then, you know, like, having the energy to walk people through what your process is, sometimes it, it it's it's easier to just... <laughs> Let them go. <laughs> right? It is. Right? Yeah. Something else that's kind of um, daunting, I would say, and this is just my own experience, is most of the people in my orbit now have never met Scott. He's he's somebody that they he's don't like have. like the unicorn. Yeah, uh, he's the unicorn that's missing from my life. And I feel like in some ways, I feel like I have the W tattooed to my forehead. And we've talked about this previously. And I feel like, you know, because you get the eventual questions when you're getting to know people and it doesn't matter whether it's a work situation or a personal situation, it eventually comes up. So tell me about yourself. And, you know, are you married? Do you have kids? You know, all of those questions that we all comfortably ask each other. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I want to dodge the question because I don't want an instant pity party in my honor. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like then instantly it's like I've wiped off the makeup and there's that W that's on my forehead. Oh, you're a widow. I'm so sorry. Mm. And I and I I want to just be Kim. And I don't want to be Kim the widow. And I don't want to be Kim who's missing her husband, Scott. Mm. Um, so that's something that I've also found to be a little 
different in my life now because so many people in my orbit never knew Scott and you included, but <laughs> I yeah, mean, and vice versa and yeah. vice versa. Exactly. And so that's something else that I find to be something I wrestle with in this new life is so having my own identity because I was, I was, oh, I was Scott's girlfriend. I was Scott's fiance and then Scott's wife. And now I'm his widow. And I feel like that's part of trying to emerge from this whole like chrysalis. You know, am I going to emerge from it as me? So um, I am just bringing you back full circle. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> Do you feel like that is why that anxiety? I think maybe that's yeah. connected. I do. You think that's connected. And so I do. Um, and and I don't I don't have the answer, but it's it's definitely something. To I know explore. you wrestled with it yourself. Yeah. I mean, look yeah. at all of the people in your orbit. Um, Nobody in Denver who, that I know that I am in contact with yeah. has no knew my husband, which is really very weird. Isn't like, that weird? Yeah. yeah, because he was he was such a part of your life. Yeah, such a part of your life. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Ah, oh, I know. Well, well. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're seeing a therapist, but that might be a good place to start. That is like, a good place to start. some dots. Yes, <laughs> for sure. For sure. And we definitely need to bring this conversation probably back. back. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Well, it has been so great to Yay. just air we, some stuff, finally. And we promise it won't be so long before we talk to you again. Definitely not so long. Life is... <laughs> Definitely a lot, little bit, a little bit easier. A <laughs> little bit, especially now for you. I'm so grateful. Uh, well, well, thanks for listening. And absolutely, thank we you. will be back soon. Promise. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye.